Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, today. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show, streaming to you live on social media at Show. Make sure you're checking us out on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us after the show on your favorite pod streaming app and download the MD's Fantasy Football Show on your Amazon App Store for your Fire TV and Android devices. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, back here on a Tuesday morning to talk about the Sunday night recap, our doubleheader Monday night recap, and the waiver wire report. Now, I brought this up a few times in last night's show. I'm going to bring it up again. Make sure you check out your platforms. A lot of them are pushing the waivers to Wednesday because of the two Tuesday night games tonight. So make sure you're double-checking to make sure you know exactly when your waivers are going to be clearing. Now, we're not going to be recapping the Tuesday night games because when we come back on the air tomorrow night at 9 p.m. for the MD's Fantasy Football Show, we're going to be talking about a full Week 16 preview. We're not going to have time for a mailbag segment, unfortunately. We're also not going to have time to recap the two Tuesday night games. So if anything drastic were to happen, we'll post it out on social media. Another reason to be following us at Show. If there's a waiver wire player to be had because of the results of either one of those games, we will make sure we let you know about it and make sure you're on your way to an MD Nation championship. And if you managed to survive the first round or you're still looking like you have a chance to after tonight's games or going into tonight's games, I applaud you because it was a rough week and a lot of the players that you depended upon to get you there and were confident in to help you get the win this week flat out did not perform. That was the theme of yesterday's show 
it continues on in today's show. Because as we dive into the Sunday night recap, I mean, you were depending on guys like Tom Brady. You were depending on Leonard Fournette. You were depending on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. Three of those five players got injured in this game. Godwin done for the rest of the year. He had an ACL injury, unfortunately. Mike Evans, a strained hamstring. So he's going to be week to week. I would be surprised if he's able to get out there this week. And then Leonard Fournette dealing with an ankle sprain. He's unlikely to play week 16. They're saying a one to two week timetable on him. Spoiler alert. Yes, we will be talking about Ronald Jones later on today's show during the waiver wire segment. You depending on all those guys. You were also depending on Alvin Kamara. And you're probably streaming or playing Taysom Hill. He was in my top 12. Neither one of those guys really came through for you in a big way either. This was just a complete fantasy disappointment. What do you expect? You get a 9 nothing game. Obviously, not a lot of fantasy opportunity to be had for either team. But to see Tom Brady get shut out at home against the Saints, what is it about the Saints game plan that just seems to have Tom Brady's number? He threw the ball 48 times. There was plenty of opportunity for Brady to get the fantasy points done. There was really not much to take out of this game. Because both teams offensively are better than what they showed. We know Taysom Hill is probably a top 10 quarterback most games and not. We know Alvin Kamara is a top six running back most games and not. And that doesn't change heading into next week. Now for the Bucs, there's a little bit more to be had here. Because again, Godwin's going to be gone. We don't know if they're going to have Evans. They probably are not going to have Leonard Fournette. So what does that mean for Tom Brady? Antonio Brown's probably back and most likely thrusted into a more pivotal role than they were anticipating he would be his first week back off suspension slash IR. But they're going to have to lean on Antonio Brown. He's going to be needed. He might be the only receiver out there. We've seen Scotty Miller in in place of these guys when they went down due to injury. Tyler Johnson was the lead targeted guy, along with Rob Gronkowski, which is obvious. But Tyler Johnson had seven targets. Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski will lead the way on this passing game. Furthermore, if Leonard Fournette's out of the equation, Ronald Jones is going to have to be somewhat involved because there's no Giovanni Bernard. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Keyshawn Vaughn maybe operate in some sort of third down capacity, but they've shown in the past, they don't really fully trust Keyshawn Vaughn to have a full third down role. So he might get sprinkled in, but I don't know if it's going to be his role to have. So you're going to play Ronald Jones. You might even have to have to play Antonio Brown. And while Gronk had a really bad game, I mean, I've never seen Gronk drop the ball as many times as he did in this game. 11 targets, two catches, 29 yards. Antonio Brown or not, due to the receiving options, he's going to be a top five tight end because he's looking at a hefty volume share. The one thing I'll say is this. I don't think this is going to change the philosophy of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, this is a team that is built around Brady and throwing the football. It's Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich we're talking about here. So the volume is still going to stay there, and Brady will probably still be a, a top five quarterback, top six quarterback in my mind. Take a little bit of a dip with the weapons not there, but... He's still going to be a guy I'm going to want to play. 
it's still going to be a pass first team. And the only team he seems to struggle against, at least to this level, is the Saints, which he's thankfully done playing now. This was brutal. This was absolutely brutal to Tom Brady. But again, not a lot to take out of it other than the changes in the faces that you're going to be looking at for Tampa Bay next week. Taysom Hill, 11 carries for 33 yards, only 154 yards through the air, no touchdowns. It was all field goals. Alvin Kamara, 11 carries for 18 yards and only two catches for 13 yards. That was probably the biggest disappointment. They didn't just make a, make more of a point to get Alvin Kamara more involved in the passing game. I'll say this, Marquez Callaway came away with six catches for 112 yards on nine targets. You can't trust the Marquez Callaway. You can't trust anything not named Alvin Kamara or Taysom Hill heading into week 16 or week 17. But just a kind of an interesting note that Hill was able to throw the ball effectively enough to get it to the outside wide receiver. So when he gets back to running the ball with effectiveness, when they play anybody not named Tampa, I think you can have the confidence that Hill will continue to be a quarterback that you would rather have in your lineup more times than not. But again, there really is not a ton of fantasy value to be had out of this game because it was just so weird and such an aberration. So here's what I want to do. I'll take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to recap the two Monday night games before we get to the waiver wire port. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. MD Nation, we want to welcome in a new sponsor of the show called Props Fantasy from PropsFantasy.com. Props Fantasy is a website and app which allows users to import their season-long fantasy teams to challenge other season-long fantasy teams. Their crucial difference is that you can challenge other teams that you are not playing in your league that week or aren't even in your league or not even on the same platform. The idea behind Props Fantasy is to let casual season-long fantasy players use the teams they already have to engage in daily fantasy-type contests for winnings. Users can wager anything from $1 up to $1,000 on a head-to-head challenge. Props Fantasy even harmonizes the scoring. If you are in a PPR league and your opponent is not, Props Fantasy will default to a half-point PPR or you can manually adjust it. They also handle things like standard lineup versus super flex. Their developers are fantasy football diehards and have thought of everything, including IDP. So if you think your season-long team is not just the best in your league, but the best in all leagues, this is your chance to find out and win money when you sign up for the Props Fantasy app today at PropsFantasy.com. So join in on the fun. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in, MD Nation. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show, streaming to you live on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow. Make sure you're downloading us after the show on your favorite pod streaming app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and download the MD's Fantasy Football Show on your Amazon App Store for your Fire TV or Android devices. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just talked about the Sunday night game. Let's get into the first Monday night game from week 15. And you know what? We we really, I mean, we got to give the Browns some credit. I mean, that that was a truly tremendous effort. I mean, you're down to a practice squad quarterback in Nick Mullins. Couldn't have Case Keenum. Couldn't have Baker Mayfield. No Jadavion Clowney. No Jarvis Landry. 
I mean, really just severely hindered, and they had an opportunity to win this game still at the end. They're up 14 to 13, unfortunately, give up the game winning field goal. <laughs> but at the same time, the trend kind of continues as far as there's just not being a lot of fantasy value to be had. Another low scoring game, another defensive affair. I don't know if it was so much a defensive affair as well, just ugly offense. Well, so on the Raiders side of the ball, they won the game. Derek Carr wasn't really a streaming option anyway, so you're not worried about that too much. But the guys that you were keying in on, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Hunt Renfro, and maybe to some degree, Foster Moreau. I mean, really, you got left wanting. Moreau was okay. He had nine targets for seven catches and 65 yards. A lot of people, though, weren't streaming him because he has been disappointing in Darren Waller's absence. But this is the kind of volume that he could be seeing that we kind of anticipate he would be seeing, at least somewhat to this level. Nine targets, that's not a ceiling that a lot of tight ends have as far as usage goes. He does. And that's why as long as Darren Waller's out, he'll continue to be in our streaming territory as far as tight ends are concerned. Well, Hunter Renfro, who's been on absolute fire, a big reason why you probably made it to your postseason. Can't do it this game. The Browns just came in with a game plan that they were going to let anybody else besides Hunter Renfro beat them. They were doubling him constantly, bracketing him constantly in the middle of the field. And that's kind of what led to Zay Jones, who had six catches for 67 yards and nine targets. That's what led to him being the lead receiver of the day. If you managed to survive this, I'm going right back to the Hunter Renfro well. But it was a rough one. It was a rough one for a guy you've been very dependent on lately. Same thing could be said for Josh Jacobs. Now, he wasn't terrible. He does get you 94 yards from scrimmage, 52 rushing yards on 15 carries and 42 receiving yards. But he doesn't get in the end zone and therefore leaves you kind of with this eh, low-end RB2, high-end RB3 performance because he doesn't get the touchdown. But that's kind of what Josh Jacobs has been. His usage gives him that RB2 floor. You're hoping for that touchdown to get him to the RB1 status. Unfortunately, those touchdowns have just not come this season. This offensive line has been so bad. This offense in general has been so inconsistent. It just hasn't lined up well for Jacobs, who's a better running back than what his production line is going to be at the end of the season. Especially considering when you factor in how banged up he was at the beginning of the year. But his usage continues to make him a guy that you must play in your lineups moving forward, even though it seems like there's not much of a ceiling to be had. On the Brown side, look, the only thing we were really trying to take out of this game was Nick Chubb. He does come through. 91 yards on the ground, he gets a touchdown. Not a huge performance, but a good performance, especially when you know the Raiders were trying to stack nine guys in a box every down because, well, you knew what the Browns needed to do. They needed to try to run the ball. They weren't going to throw the ball a ton with Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins did what he had to do. I mean, he didn't give the ball up. 30 pass attempts, 147 yards. He had a passing touchdown in this game. It went to Harrison Bryant, by the way. That's all you're expecting from. The only other guy we had some interest in and would have had more had at least Case Keenum been able to play. But that was Donovan Peoples-Jones. He did lead the way in targets. He had eight, four catches, 48 yards. There was a, a big play down the field where had he been able to hold on to the ball, would have been a nice bomb. 
But I don't think you're playing down with people's Jones once you knew it was going to be Nick Mullins. We got to see who's going to come back from COVID. I mean, it's, it's not a given. It's not a given Jarvis Landry's back next week or Jadavion Clowney or anybody else. We know Kareem Hunt's still probably a week or two away from being able to come back from his ankle injury. So there might not be much changing for the Browns. Hopefully some things do. Hopefully they get some of their guys back from the COVID list at least. But there's not much to take away until we know exactly who's going to return. I'm going to get another quick break in here. I know we're going back-to-back quick breaks, but I want to get the other Monday night recap in here on the other side of this. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to gift as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And welcome back in MD Nation to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming to you live on social media at BillyUpMDFF Show. Make sure you're checking us out on your favorite pod streaming app after the show. And then you can go ahead and hit us up on YouTube by subscribing. Download us on your Amazon App Store for your Fire TV and Android devices. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We talked about the Sunday night game, the early Monday night game, and now we have to get into the late Monday night game, which was another low-scoring affair. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can we please, on these primetime games, we're dying for points. We got screwed over by week 15, and nobody, nobody can have a good fantasy performance. Chicago, whose entire back half of their defense was non-existent because they were all on COVID. You're expecting a huge performance out of a Justin Jefferson and maybe even a really good performance out of KJ Osborne after we got confirmation that Adam Thielen wasn't going to go. And it was mediocre. Four catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown for Justin Jefferson. I guess he saves you with the touchdown, 10 targets. But that was it. K.J. Osborne, three catches, 21 yards, three targets. That's all. Cuns only threw the ball 24 times. He didn't even have 100 yards passing. He did have two touchdowns, though. One went, one going to uh, Marset. Dalvin Cook, 28 carries, 
coming off of a 200-yard performance. He has 28 carries and goes nowhere. 89 yards, 3.2 yards a carry. Chicago's defensive line dominated and controlled this game. And that was the problem. Going into this matchup, you're really excited, especially for Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. You're hanging on by a thread or trying to add some points because, again, you have the Tuesday game, which have a lot of fantasy implications in it, too. So you're trying to pad the stats. You're going into Tuesday night. And once again, nothing happens. Chicago wasn't really any better. David Montgomery ends the night on 18 carries for 60 yards. Five catches for 23 yards. An okay overall performance. But going against the Minnesota Vikings, this is the worst run defense coming into this week in the entire league. Giving up the most points to fantasy running backs. And for him to only walk away with his usage, which is RB1 level usage because he's a workhorse back. For him to only walk away with 83 total yards, I mean, it's it's disappointing. It's disappointing. A lot of those, a lot of those disappointing form performances. A lot of those disappointing finishes. The only one who kind of came through for you, and he was in our streaming ish territory, especially with Allen Robinson out, and that was Cole Komet. Cole Komet in this one getting six catches for seventy one yards on nine targets. Darnell Mooney became a popular play when we had Allen Robinson out. He finished with five catches, 63 yards on seven targets. The one, you know, crap touchdown at the end to make this game 17 to nine. It goes to somebody you never even heard of, Jesper Horstead. The Bears offense isn't good. We know this. But you want to be able to depend upon guys in good matchups that have the volume. And it was just another example of not being able to do it. Justin Fields, really frankly, from an NFL standpoint, didn't perform very well. And he was a streaming quarterback for a lot of people. And he he wasn't terrible because at the end of the day, he still gets to 285 yards. He gets the garbage time touchdown. He tacked on 35 yards rushing. Hell, you know what? This is better than a lot of other quarterback performances were this week. But he still get left wanting. I think Darno, as long as Allen Robinson continues to miss and he, who knows how long he's going to miss with COVID-19 list now. As long as he continues to miss, there is a floor as far as what the target share is for Darnell Mooney and a Cole Komet. But Andy Dalton actually gives Mooney a bigger ceiling. We're not going to see Danny Dalton again, barring an injury. But it just kind of goes to show with, with fields out there, they just they don't take enough shots. The big play which Mooney was kind of living off of isn't as readily available. And once again, another good matchup that flat out wasn't taken advantage of. But now we recapped all those games. And again, the Tuesday night games, if there's anything very important that happens in those games, we'll go back to them and we'll, we'll post about them on social media. We'll make sure you guys know, Hey, if there's somebody you need to go after, you need to target, make sure you do so. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and hit another break. I want to dive into our waiver wire report, though. That's right. The waiver wire report for week 16, it's a slim one. I don't even have a streaming quarterback because a lot of them got picked up. Two attack Laveau got picked up. 
Fields got picked up in a lot of places. Cam to Taysom Hill's owned. There's not even really a streaming quarterback to be had here. Now, remember, with the waiver wire report, what we always like to do, take all the guys that, on average, are less than 50% owned. And because we're in the playoffs, we're getting real nitpicky about who we're going after. So this is this is really only to help you guys if you have if there's somebody available who can help you this week or maybe is a handcuff or maybe a lotto ticket because you still have two weeks left. You have week 16 and week 17. And with the way guys are falling with COVID and injuries, you could luck into something heading into your championship week. But remember last week. Remember how bad it was. My advice to you is this. Make sure you have a pivot for your pivot for your pivot. Even if your option in your head is not necessarily on your roster, but on the waiver wire, just take note of what's available just in case guys start dropping like flies. I mean, we've already seen some of it. Travis Kelsey's on the COVID-19 list. Now the Chiefs are seemingly having a little outbreak of their own. Look what happened with the Browns last week. Every single day, they had somebody new hit the COVID-19 list. It doesn't seem to be slowing down heading into the week, heading into the early part of week 16. So you can't take for granted that anybody you have in your roster is definitively going to play on Sunday. Whether they picked up an actual injury or not. That's just where we are right now. That's just what's going on in the league. So this is the waiver wire list for you guys that we have. Again, I've condensed it. We want to make sure we keep it, you know, to the point. Guys are actually going to help you for fantasy football playoffs. But keep in mind, this is going to be fluid with all the COVID breakouts. So let's dive into this thing. Like I said, we don't have any quarterbacks, so let's dive into the running backs. First up, it has to be Ronald Jones. We already don't expect Leonard Fournette for at least this week a decent chance he does not play week 17 either. So Ronald Jones might be the guy for the rest of your fantasy playoffs, assuming you're not in an amateur hour league playing in the week 18. So whatever you got left, whatever resources you got left, whatever fab budget you got left at this point, you're using it on a Ronald Jones. It's only 23% owned on average. So Ronald Jones is out there. He's available. He had been our waiver report the past few weeks just because if something happened to Leonard Fournette, again, handcuffs. There's never been a year where handcuffs have been more valuable than this year. Never. And we know Ronald Jones, when he's given opportunity, is definitely, at the very least, a capable runner. And if there's no Leonard Fournette around, there's no Giovanni Bernard around, he could fumble and probably still not wind up in the doghouse, which has always been the biggest scare whenever Ronald Jones has been in a position to have a workload. Because, you know, if he has a bad drop, a bad fumble, they'll bench him. They don't have an option to bench him. They're going to have to stick with him. They're not going to throw, they're not just going to go ahead and throw Keyshawn Vaughn out there. I can guarantee you that. It's not going to happen. So, Ronald Jones might be looking at a top 10 RB1 play heading into this week. Another guy who might be along the same level, and I'm surprised he's still less than 50% owned on average, and that's Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, he's 44%, so he's close to that 50 50 mark. So, make sure you check your leagues. But again, I don't expect Elijah Mitchell to play on Thursday. He got listed as a did not practice on Monday, or what would have been an estimation report anyway. From what I understand, he's still dealing with some swelling in the knee. It's a Thursday game. 
I think it's highly unlikely, especially he did not be able to practice at all last week, that he would suddenly be able to turn around and play this week. Jeff Wilson Jr., I know it was against Atlanta. I know Tennessee's a much tougher matchup, especially lately, but Jeff Wilson Jr. looked explosive last week, which gives you some hope that in a 49ers offense, which is running the ball very, very well, no matter who your defense is, if he's able to be explosive again and not just fall forward for two to three yards, then Jeff Wilson's in a position to maybe perform well. He might be able to perform well. So I would play, I would play a Jeff Wilson Jr. this week with confidence as an RB2. Give me the 49er running back who's going to get 15 carries and, you know, is looking decent out there. That's Jeff Wilson. So again, whatever priority you have, whatever fad budget you have left, go get this guy. Go get him. Samaja Perrine's going to fall into that category. So Joe Mixon's in a little bit of a different thing than Leonard Fournette is, Elijah Mitchell is. There seems to be more of a chance for Joe Mixon to have an opportunity to play this week. They're not rolling him out. They're actually saying that they expect him to be limited in practice early on, but they're already kind of anticipating that he's going to be able to practice to some capacity. Now, Joe Mixon, he's a man on a mission this year. He wants to prove that he can get through this entire season without missing a game, and so far he has. He had that one week where he didn't practice, but he still wound up playing in that game. So we'll have to watch to see what happens if Mixon misses. I would expect Samaja Perrine to be the lead bell cow back. He's already been involved in the passing game anyway. We have to see exactly what happens as this week goes out, but he would be my next guy on my list, and he's only 8% owned. So at the very least, if you're the Joe Mixon owner, you should be doing everything you can to get Samaja Perrine. Mark Ingram kind of falls in this lesser category. So I have some guys in here that are handcuffs that I think should be owned. Mark Ingram at 42%. Dearness Johnson at 25%. Because remember, Kareem Hunt's not really that close to returning yet. And then Khalil Herbert at 15%. Now, the reason why I'm saying pick up these handcuffs because we're still two weeks away from your championship. So what happens if these starters go down? for your championship run if you have one of these starters or as a lotto ticket because now we're at the point where you're probably opening up some roster spots in the back end of your bench because all you're really doing is consolidating your starting lineup anyway. Now, when we get to the championship week, when we get into week 17, guys like a Mark Ingram, a Dearness Johnson, a Khalil Herbert, they're not going to be on the list unless they're going to actually play week 17 because then there's no point in really handcuffing yourself going into the week. But it's still relevant this week. It's still relevant this week. Now we can get to the wide receivers. So I got Amon Ross St. Brown at 25% owned. He's one of the top guys you should be going after. Now this is a little bit contingent on, are we going to get Jared Goff back from the COVID-19 list? Because if it's not Jared Goff out there, I don't know how much I want to trust St. Brown. But right now, he's had three games in a row with double-digit targets. He's built up a rapport with golf. There's going to be no TJ Hawkinson, so he gets to pretty much dominate the entire middle part of the field, which is where golf wants to go with the football. So St. Brown is as safe of a wide receiver, too, right now as they come with the volume he's been seeing. And he had double-digit targets in a pro game script. Not that I expect Detroit to be in too many of those the rest of the way, but even if they are, Because there's such an up-tempo offense, there's nobody else to really throw the ball to. St. Brown's still the guy. 
So he should be the number one receiver in my book. KJ Osborne's on my list. 42% owned, so less than 50%. It's only if Adam Thielen doesn't play. And, you know, from what we understand, Adam Thielen at least was semi-close to being able to suit up in that Monday night game. If Adam Thielen can't go again, I'm still con- I'm still content on playing KJ Osborne. Because somebody else besides Justin Jefferson, typically speaking, has to catch the football. And assuming Kirk Cousins can play a little bit better than he did on Monday night, the opportunities for KJ should be there. So he's still going to be on my list, but again, that's a little bit contingent on do we think Adam Thielen is going to miss another week or not? We'll have to wait and watch and we could practice. This isn't necessarily a move I would make with, with your waiver priorities or fad boys or anything like that. Gabriel Davis, on the other hand, is a different story. I think he's filling into that Emmanuel Sanders role quite nicely. We know he has touchdown potential. We know he has big play potential. But the only reason why I wouldn't break my neck to go get him is, one, he's a wide receiver. There's actually a few wide receivers to be had out there. But two, play New England Patriots next week. It's in New England. I don't know how confident you're going to be about playing a wide receiver who's not named Stephon Diggs against New England Patriots after what we saw a couple of weeks ago and what would I expect to be a bounce-back performance from what they did against the Colts. So the other option would be a Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Again, I don't necessarily want to trust it, but a 15% owned, a player who looks healthy, and he's been you know, trying to struggle to get back to that point, looks explosive, looks healthy, Al Lazard struggling with bad drops still. There's an argument to be made that because there's no more Randall Cobb, there's a target consolidation, Marcus Valdez scaling at least, if nothing else, is a legitimate home run threat that if you feel yourself in a situation that you're outgunned in, you can go after. You can go after. My only tight end is Foster Moreau. I don't know if we get Darren Waller back or not, but he had nine targets this past game. And again, that's more along the lines of a usage I would anticipate for a Foster Foster Moreau. I know he's been kind of disappointing. But you saw this. In games in which teams are going to start keying in on Hunter Renfro and taking him away, Derek Carr still wants to throw in the short, intermediate, middle part of the field. Which means Moreau would probably be the benefit of that more times than not. So he's still a streamable tight end, depending on what your options are. Tyler Conklin, you can throw him in the mix too, but... We've had two weeks now without Adam Thielen, and Conklin hasn't been that involved from a target share perspective. So I don't know how much you want to really want to look at a Conklin. I'd rather take my shot on a guy like a Foster Moreau, where if defenses start to dictate towards Hunter Renfro, that'll open up his role quite a bit too. That's actually going to do it for the show. I know, it's a quick one, short one. Not much to talk about. We're getting to the playoffs. It's, 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 real, it's real streaming, real baseline at this point. But guys, make sure you're back tomorrow night because tomorrow night is going to be a hefty show. We'll be on at 9 o'clock on social media at BillyBMDFF Show on YouTube, on the Amazon App Store. And of course, we'll always be available after our pod streaming app. But because it's the Christmas week, Chris and I are going to do a full week 16 preview tomorrow night. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We're doing all the games in one night. So we'll probably be... We usually try to go like an hour and a half or we'll probably be at two hours, maybe even a little bit over a two hour mark. Cause we're going to come back again on Thursday, but on Thursday, we're going to do the MDs DFS and lock bets of the week show, 
which is usually our Friday night show. We'll be doing that at 9 o'clock. So just kind of keep that in mind. This will be the same schedule again next week for the New Year's New Year's holiday as well. All right, so make sure you guys are tuning into that. We're going to have a lot of great information before we head into the Christmas week. As always, we'll be available to you guys on social media. If you have any questions, DM us. I know we're not having the mailbag segment tomorrow because we don't have a lot of time to do so. That does not mean we will not answer every single one of your questions. We are committed to getting you guys an MD Nation championship. So everybody, tune back in tomorrow. Until then, we'll see you. Be safe. Stay well. Get ready for Christmas. I'm Dan Mater. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 